as it's the first episode, I guess we should we should do a little intro to each other. So, who are you? What do you do? Uh, so, my name's uh, my name is Chris Higgins. I'm a uh, marketing sales a sales and marketing technology consultant, uh, and I run a company called Electric Monk. Yeah, that, that's that's a good intro. So, I'm James. Um, I I'm a little bit further behind Chris. Chris is a bit further along than me in terms of he's got his agency, he's running it. That's your full time thing. Whereas I've got a full time job at System One. Um, I, I'm the marketing manager there, but on the side, I'm I'm trying to grow my video and podcasting agency called Strico. I need to clear up how people pronounce it because you look at it and they're like Strigo, Strico. I'm like no, Strico. Strico. Um, and it was purely because I wanted to get the domains and the socials, which I'm really happy with. It's mm. just people can't can't say it. Um, and and I started doing sort of. It's just me. I'm on my own. Um, I, I outsource a little bit of work here and there, um, but essentially started doing work on the side about about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I, I got my first gig a, a real long time ago. It was um, it was my previous company I worked for, um, and I, I did some video work for them while I was there. And when I left, I reached back out to them. Um, I wanted a little bit of side cash, and so so you started doing work for them i've got an interesting story about that actually um that that was my first ever freelance gig um it was yeah probably about two years ago and i, I definitely wasn't under the agency i was just i wanted a bit of extra cash um easier than drug dealing yeah easier than drug dealing um or, or selling body parts so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i sent them a message about it's probably six months into my into my new job um <clears throat> saying I, i've got a week off can i come and do some work for you and they'd never really hired a freelancer before especially in the work i was doing which was video work <clears throat> and so they they said to me um yeah sure c- come in and i didn't send a proposal didn't really we agreed on the price per video so i was going to go in and make case study videos mm-hmm. um which i'd made for them before we agreed how much per video. We What we didn't agree on is how many I'd do. So they just said, come in for a week, make some videos at £200 a video. Yeah. I was like, fantastic, I'll come in. <laughs> and uh, I went in and I, I organised everything. I organised all the logistics of the case studies. Um, I'd already worked there, so I knew everyone. I knew exactly the people I needed to go to to get the people in the rooms and to arrange them. Mm-hmm. And Chris, I, I I shot about fifteen of those videos in a week, in a week, fifteen, um, and edited edited them the week after. Right. So I, I the 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 week I was there, I shot all of them, and then in my spare time the next week, I, I edited all of them. Um, so so just so that's a three grand fortnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, they they did not think I was going to do fifteen videos. Right. <laughs> they were very much under the impression I'd do three or four. Um, l- luckily, I was really close with with my manager back then, and um, <laughs> he found it very amusing, and also was quite taken aback by the amount I'd done. <laughs> um, and some of them were a lot better than others, actually, right. because I just did did them at such a speed, and uh, I. I had a call with him 
and he said, I- I'm really sorry, I can't pay you for 15. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> you didn't give me a limit. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't, but <laughs> we just don't have the budget to give you give you three grand. Um, uh, they-, they ended up with going about 10 of them and I gave them a discount for it. Uh, and I ended up getting about 1500 for that. Nice. But <laughs> It, f- for me, just on the side for a week, yeah, fifteen hundred quid was, was that, fantastic. That's that that that's that first thing as well. Particularly if you're working full time and, and you haven't you haven't kind of made the made the leap yet to to just go and do two work two weeks work for someone off your own back, and, and then and then be able to bill it and get paid for it, and the money actually turns up in your account. It 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 really like uh, plants a seed in your brain. Do you know what I mean? That's that. It's like a. It's like an endorphin rush of like, holy crap! I can. I don't have to have a job to actually make money. Like I don't have to have a, a nine to five job to make money. Um, it's 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 super powerful for people who are you know who who want to be freelancers getting that first that first sort of bill paid. Definitely, and it it, it was huge for me because. Well, it was easy for me as well because I was just going back to my old employer and doing the job I'd already done. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like I was doing an event video or a corporate shoot for a startup. Um, it, it was just I could go in and and do the job I'd done for the last year, uh, but <laughs> I, I didn't have any clue about client services, about um, how did I invoice? How did I invoice and how did they actually pay for it? Yeah, how did I make sure I was covered for um, if anything went wrong or they didn't pay um i uh, i and literally i after i'd done the work i'd sent it to them i didn't know how i was going to raise an invoice i didn't really know what an invoice was mm. right at the start i didn't know how how they were going to pay me whether they're just going to pay it into my personal bank account S- small um, unmarked non-sequential bills in a brown paper bag <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what it would have been if I didn't <laughs> didn't figure it out. Um, so after a bit of searching, I, I I signed up to I think it was QuickBooks at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think I think in another episode we'll go into sort of what you use to invoice people because it took me ages to figure out my system. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, yeah, I just I just I I found um, QuickBooks, set the invoice number to like two thousand and forty three. Yeah, so nice. I made it look like I. I'd done loads of work before, <laughs> which was random, um, and sent me invoice, and they, they just paid it straight into my bank account. That that was my first first foray into any sort of freelance work. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, awesome. And then after that, I thought, okay, well, uh, as you say, that it's the endorphin rushes. Yeah. I can I can make money from from doing this. So that's when I I sort of started. Um, uh, doing work under the brand name um, mm-hmm. because I have this ambition to take my freelance work and not be considered a freelancer, mm-hmm. grow it into an agency. And I, I guess that's where the basis of this podcast comes from. It's called The Agency Startup. Well, that was going to be my next question, about. actually, because, yeah. I, I, sorry to interrupt you, you it's, it's Friday today. You texted me on Tuesday and said, I was on the train, and you said, hey, do you want to start a podcast? And I said, yes, and that's about the extent of the discussion we've, we've we've had about said podcast and now we're recording it so so yeah like fill me in and 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 fill the the listeners in on on, on what your plans are yeah definitely so what my plans for the podcast or streaco hmm. or for the podcast 
Okay, yeah, yeah. So I um I got the inspiration from Ben Ornstein and Derek Reimer, who um who run the Art of Product podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, a podcast I listen to religiously every week. And they're two guys. It's a complete. It's a virtually unedited podcast. It's completely raw. And both of them are running their own startup. Mm-hmm. So Ben Ornstein's got um, a company called Tuple, which is a pair programming company. Might I add something I'm completely not interested in at all? Um, and then Derek was, I, I think he built and sold Drip. Um, you know, the email oh, software? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but he, he was, he actually started started a Slack competitor. I forget the name of it. But he he just stopped it a few episodes ago. He said, "Yeah, I'm I'm stopping it." And for me, that sort of just them talking about their process and being completely honest about what they're doing is really helpful for me. So Ben, for instance, does a lot of pricing experiments and he runs different marketing um, experiments as well to sort of see how we can get new users, mm-hmm. what sort of process he's going through, his thought process. And for me, it's just, it's really enjoyable and helpful to understand what they're doing, a completely raw and transparent thing. And I thought for me, for me personally, and I I, I joked to you before, it's like a therapy session because you're further ahead in your, in your journey. You've been there, you're earning money, you're doing it as your full-time job, freelancing and running your agency. Whereas for me, I'm just doing it on the side mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out how I can grow and how I can get it to point where it is my sure. full-time job. Yep. Um, so this this podcast is going to be me talking to you, um, potentially some guests on some other guys that are running agencies and me to talk about different topics, what I'm learning, where I'm going, how I'm trying to grow my agency and then for you what you're doing like what client work you've been working on yep new things you found out and i want it to be organic fun a good chat because i get on with you and yeah, i really appreciate you, you your advice on things um so that's essentially what i want the podcast to be or what i see the podcast being so not only it being a personal thing for me um and potentially for you it might might be helpful for you but for other people who are in similar positions they want to start an agency or they're running an agency and maybe they can relate to some of the things that we're talking about here yeah absolutely Uh, i think um i mean this you know there's there's no shortage of of agency podcasts uh around um as i don't listen to as many podcasts as i as i used to uh partly because uh you know I'm, i'm you know, I don't go into an office anymore. Effectively, I used to, you know, have a two-hour daily commute, uh, so I used to get through loads of podcasts. And I just find I don't listen to as many anymore. Uh, but that's a, a tangent. Um, one of the things that I think is probably missing from the podcast market is, um, you know, people who are kind of starting up. Uh, it, it does tend to be established agencies who who tend to run podcasts who might have a team of six people of ten people, but but there's uh, there's definitely I think you've identified a gap in in the you know the kind of people who are technically freelancing you know as as a solo person maybe working from a you know a spare bedroom or a home office or whatever and and actually trying to grow things like right from you know from from the ground uh, and you know I'm I know you said I'm I'm kind of further along but dude I'm. I'm still in exactly the same position. It just, uh, you know, st- started a couple of couple of years earlier, but I'm I'm still, you know, working from a home office, and 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 I mean that's something we can get into as well. You know, whether that's 
that's something that that people want to do or they have ambitions mm. to to grow to to something bigger with a coffee machine and uh, you know knock off early <laughs> on Fridays and all that kind of stuff yeah. but uh, yeah so what, what what's your sort of what are your goals for electric monk and I, I say that in quite an arbitrary way mm. what where do you want to go with it so for me with Strico I'd like it to be a 10 to 15 person agency yep. um, that virtually runs itself uh, I I've worked at an agency that size before. I really liked it, but I, I kind of want it to be be my own. And I, I want a great team of people that can have loads of good fun and we produce really cool work for clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's where I want to be. That, that's sort of the goal. That's where I want to get it to. I don't want it to be much bigger. Um, I don't want it to be two to three people. That is sort of the sweet spot for me. Yep. So for you, where, where do you want Electric Monk to be? Um, it's a really good question. And, and I think, um, my mind changes like on a kind of monthly basis, if I'm, if I'm totally honest, um, Mm. uh, most, to be honest, like my, my really, you know, consistent thought, I guess, for the last 12 months or so, uh, has actually been that it shouldn't be any bigger than me, which I know is kind of unusual, um, but, uh, and I don't know whether it's a, it's an age thing. I'm in my, my mid thirties. Uh, the business has been running for, uh, t- just over two years now. Um, could I see myself growing a bigger company potentially, but ultimately what, what were kind of my goals to get out of doing, you know, client side work? It was one to at the very least match my previous salary. Uh, you know, but, but that's kind of table stakes really. Um, not to have to do that two hour commute every day, which is just, you know, a, a killer, um, you know, to have a bit more freedom and flexibility, uh, to do work that, you know, that really kind of inspires me and, and that sort of satisfies me from a, from a creative and, uh, uh and sort of technical perspective, I guess. And, and that's kind of it. I'm not a, um, I'm not a particularly ambitious person person. Uh, and, and I don't say that, you know, as if like I'm, I'm lazy, but like, I, I, I'm kind of like really happy, just like unbelievably happy working from a home office. You know, I get to hang out with my dog, uh, and, and, you know, my fiance, like they're here all day. Um, I don't have to go into an office. I go and have client meetings and I get to go to cool places and, and visit people and stuff like that. But most of my work is done, is done from home. Um, and, you know, I can, I can travel fairly regularly uh, and take work with me, which is great. Um, and, and I think putting, for me personally, putting a bigger team in place um, would potentially hamper that, uh, you know, because, because you addi- in addition to adding all of the, the work that you have to do, you obviously have to add uh, management of people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, it may be that by the next episode, I've changed my mind. Um, but, but, but we'll see, uh, it, it, it really, it feels right at the moment, uh, and, and potentially, you know, in the future, there'll be a kind of distributed three or four team members. Um, but right now I'm, I'm just super chuffed to just be working on my own. Uh, not that I'm antisocial or anything, but, but like to be working on my own, uh, and just delivering stuff for clients and actually working on the operational stuff. Definitely. Um, and it's interesting how there's a bit of a contrast between 
what you want mm. or what your goals are and my goals because I think that's going to help a lot with because you, you can rein me in a little bit um, with some of my ideas and you come at it from a different perspective. I mean, I'm in a very different position with my age as well. Um, what are you trying to say? I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to say I'm very, I'm very young. <laughs> Younger than your young self. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what are you motivated by? Uh, because for me, uh, I'm motivated by having my own business and running it and having that flexibility that you talk about. Mm. But I'm also quite money focused and it, uh, that probably is to do with, do with my age and the naivety of youth. But I really like money. I love having nice things and money gives you opportunity to do a lot more things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I quoted this Naval um, tweet or, or something Naval said in the Joe Rogan podcast about when you don't have money, you have money problems or problems caused by money. But when you do have money, it doesn't make you happier, but it just means those money problems go away. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the idea of that. I like the idea of having money to invest in different businesses and try in different things and then support support my family and help them out because mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm definitely not from from a rich family and I like the idea of being able to to support them and help them do do whatever they want so mm-hmm. what are you motivated by um, that's a really good question um, uh, from, from a business perspective you know the the things that that motivate me to to, to keep running the business um, and, and there's a bit of carrot and stick in there, really. Uh, like I said, I, I, I like the freedom. You know, my, my commute is 13 stairs, effectively, and, and into an office. Um, you know, that that's enormous for me. And, and like I said, not, not that I'm, you know, particularly antisocial. Like, I've worked in, in big teams before and enjoyed it. Uh, but I do like the freedom of working from home. You know, if I want to get up and start work at six in the morning and work till nine thirty and then go to the gym or, you know, a cafe, <laughs> um, uh, you know, you, you can you can do it. Um, you know, if, if I want to knock off, you know, at two o'clock on a Friday uh, and go and see, you know, the new Spider-Man movie, you can do it. And I know there's small things. But um, it's you know it's 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 first world problems. Um, but ha- having that freedom and flexibility is is really really important to me and really motivates me to 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 keep going with the business or with the company. Um, I, I I don't know maybe I, I I remember you know I've I've been working in sort of digital for for 10, uh, 10, 12 years I think. Um, and, and I remember being kind of a, a little bit older than, than you are now, probably when I was like 24, 25, um, and, and thinking exactly the same thing. Like I wanted to like, you know, buy a, buy a, I mean, I, I'm originally from Australia. Um, so, you know, buy like a, uh, you know, a big house that could be converted into a studio and have all these different departments and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if people do that over here, but it is something that, that happens uh, back home. Um but yeah, I, I just kind of, I don't want to say grew, grew out of it because it's, it's, that's not, you know, it, it's not necessarily a thing that comes, comes with age. I just kind of got to the point where if I can, like I said, if I can make enough money, more than I made previously, 
Um, and whether that's, you know, double, triple, five times, ten times, like, who knows? Um, it doesn't have to be, though. Like, it, it can, as long as I've got enough money to support the family, to travel, to do cool stuff, um, and to, to, you know, to buy a new iPhone every year, um, and, and to keep working on, on projects that I really enjoy, I'm, I'm, like, I'm really good with that. Like, really good with that. Uh, I, I'm not, I've never been a person to, even when I worked, like, um, I guess we call it client side, I was never, I never sort of chased job titles or promotions or, you know, I never saw myself being the kind of manager of the marketing department or the director or anything like that. I just, I, I, I just didn't, you know, I just wanted to work on cool stuff and be able to, to turn something out at the end and go, I'm so super proud of, of, of what I've, what I've built, what I made. Um, and, and if, you know, moving into a, a kind of management or director position, you kind of lose that because it becomes more about managing the people and, and less on the tools. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you, um, about the, the having flexibility and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been right now. I've got nothing to complain about all those things you mentioned about, uh, being able to do cool things, go out and eat when I want to. Um, part of the things with my new job, my new full-time job, Mm -hmm. Uh, which which has been a huge change for me and a really good change. I've been there for about um, three months now. And before I started, I said my number one thing is I wanted flexibility. I wanted to be able to run my agency on the side, do freelance work on the side. Um, If I want to take a day where I'm working from home or I come into the office late because I've got other commitments, I'd love the flexibility to be able to do that. And they have been amazingly accommodating for it. And you, you don't get that at most companies. So no. I get my full-time salary where they're they're fine when I work and where I work. And that wasn't the case, the place I worked before. So right now I'm working from home. It's a Friday. Um, if I want to do, um, if I, I want to do this podcast, say during the day on my lunch break at home where I've got time to do it, they're fine with that. Yeah. As long as I get my full-time work done and just having that flexibility and not having the stress of the commute or all these other benefits that come with remote working and working for yourself it just makes you feel so much better Mm. Um, and and I say this for I I know that when my agency is a a good scale I want to be able to pass this attitude about flexible working and enjoying yourself at work to my staff because I know personally I I do so much more work now for system one because they're so flexible with me and what I want to do mm-hmm. they know that my my goals aren't around staying at the company and, um, and going up the career ladder they know that my my goals lie elsewhere but while they have me um, they're going to treat me like a normal human and as they do that, I do more work for them. I, I want to um, do great work for my employer because they're they're investing in me and they're allowing me to do the things that I actually want to do and that I value. Yep. Yeah, totally. I, I think that's, I mean, you know, it, it's been talked about a million times before on a million different podcasts, but I think that's going to be a really, really huge shift uh, in, in the next 10 years. We've, we've kind of, 
you know, we've started to see the shift in, in, you know, remote working or distributed working or whatever you want to call it. You know, there are companies like um, uh, 39 Signals that, that are completely distributed. Um, but but it's, it's I think it's really it, now it's like, a, you know, if you if you go into a job and they say, oh, no, we have a, you know, 830 till 5 p.m. office policy and, and you will be oh. here. It, it just mm. people are just like no nah. especially uh, you know in some cases it kind of has to you know it has to be like that if you're in like a customer service industry you have to be on the phone during those hours or like you know i get it you work office hours um and, and you have to work from a particular place but particularly for the kind of work that we do um th- there is absolutely no need for everyone to be in an office sat next to each other for eight hours a day oh i i couldn't agree more absolutely um the the work we do is almost made to be able to to be able to work like this and a stat i found um when i was on twitter the other day there was a poll with in belgium and they said that 98 percent of workers would not take a role if there wasn't a flexible working Mm. um option because people value it so so much with the technology there which was the main barrier before mm-hmm. the technology that enables us to to work remotely um and yeah it's just it's just great for for well-being for everything there's no reason there's no reason not to yeah absolutely so i i guess um you touched a little bit before when you were talking about why you started why you started streco and, and kind of the, the work that you're doing what is it about, uh, I guess, vi- video and and podcasting in particular, which are the sort of two main services that you that you offer to your clients? What is it about those two particular things that uh, that one, I guess, excites you, but two mm. also that you think makes a good business? Yeah, so I I started exclusively doing video, um, and there, there's sort of been a bit of a journey, which I'll take you through. When I first started, when I first had that that client that I worked for before. Let's go further back than that. I always used to make YouTube videos. I was really interested in it. Started out with gaming videos, then making vlogs when I was at school. Um, and then when I got the job, um, that, that first job, I was making videos for them as well. And then I thought, well, this is really fun. I really enjoy it. Um, let, let's try and make a thing of this. And then I had the that first gig uh, where where I did those case studies and I was like yeah I really like video and video was very much trending this was in sort of 2016 17 mm-hmm. it was on an upward trend it was the in thing in marketing everyone wanted to make videos and I was like well I've got a skill I can make videos um and there's a, a need for it there's a there's a what's the word appetite um yeah there's an appetite for it. Demand, that's it. There, there's a demand for for video. There's demand for video. Um, I understand marketing. Uh, l- let me let me make videos. And I had no real strategy about who I wanted my clients to be. It was just anyone who wanted a video, I will make it for them and I will do it cheap because I'm still learning. And it's funny, when I look back at those videos I made a few years ago, oh, they were terrible. So, so terrible. But it, it's all about learning it mm. and learning how to how to do video and and uh, about a year ago after just generally saying i'll make videos for anyone about anything i started looking at other people's videos 
thinking, shit, they're a lot better than mine. They're a lot better than mine because they do video production and they produce really nice videos. And with my skill level and the type of gear I have, I just, I, I couldn't get that same level of video and I, I was getting frustrated with it. And I thought, people aren't going to buy this if they can look at Joe Blogs, who's making much nicer video content. Mm-hmm. Um, so what angle can I use? So then I started going down the video marketing route. And I've really pushed this for, for the last year or so, where it's, I don't just make videos. Um, I've worked at an agency um, where we do solely marketing. If I can combine those two and show how people can use video for their marketing, not just making your case studies, not just making your brand videos and using video all throughout the funnel. So you use it in your sales emails, you use it in your MoFu content, you then use it for support, you use it for onboarding. There's so many different use cases for video um, that can be used all throughout the marketing funnel. And I was like, that is my value add. Mm -hmm. It's not I can make videos because I can make these types of videos. I can outsource the production if I need to. What I really understand is how you can use those videos for marketing. So that that was sort of my positioning shift. It was right, okay, I'm going to go out and do video marketing. And to be honest, I I haven't got a huge amount of clients from it. Um, I'll talk a little bit. I'll talk a little bit about this um, because I, I've not been putting myself out there enough in terms of doing video marketing and trying to get clients for it. The other problem was when I was working for the marketing agency, I was very careful about talking aloud about my my side income, yeah. freelancing, doing video because there potentially could be overlap there. With the new job, um, they're happy for me to be open about it so I can put myself out there a bit more to get some new clients. But another um, thing that's happened in literally in the last few months was podcasting has been something that has really captured my interest. And Mm -hmm. I I run a podcast called The Marketing Mashup, which which has had some really good guests on, some really good um, pickup. And I've learned a lot about how you make a podcast how you produce it, how you edit it, then how you distribute it and grow it. And as podcasting has grown so much, people had been asking me. They're like, oh, you do a podcast. You know about podcasting. Um, like, how, how do I do it? How do I get set up? And I found less and less people were asking me about video and more and more people were asking me about podcasting. Interesting. And I'm talking a lot of people are saying oh i love your podcast how do i do it or oh you're the podcast dude um and uh, (laughs) someone i met at a meetup said i don't really know what you do but i know you're really into podcasts and i was like okay there's a theme here um i know how to make a podcast i really enjoy making podcasts um loads of people also want to make a podcast yeah and after speaking to a few people about it i thought okay so can i offer this as a service um do i start a completely new agency or a new brand for podcasting or do i sort of plug it into street k where where i've been doing freelance work in the past and i thought 
okay let let after a few chats with people it would be too much work to to set up a new brand and probably pointless because then i'll have two freelance brands Mm -hmm. one for video one for marketing uh, for, for podcasting and when in reality they're they're pretty much complementary services yeah absolutely um, for for your for your podcast you'll you'll probably want it recorded as a video and if you're doing video marketing you're probably going to be interested in podcasting too and i can still do both so that's where that's where i'm sort of at at the moment um i am getting the majority of my clients through podcasting now um i've got one or two who um who are starting their podcast they're giving me um 100 pound an episode to start for a five episode um for the first five episodes to start mm-hmm. um, and then video sort of sort of on the back burner at the moment so that that's where i'm at what are your thoughts i think it's really interesting actually um and and i'd i hadn't really considered uh i guess it's like podcasting as a service um and until until you and i started talking about it uh i think last week or the week before um i, I i'm i'm not so i've got a a couple of friends who run video agencies um and and they are finding uh across the board that video uh, su- surprisingly and i don't know what it is is taking a bit of a dive um and i don't know i don't know what the rationale behind this is um that that people who want video have quite small budgets often you know unless unless you're a kind of you know a huge brand and even then um you know don't have particularly massive budgets um you know people are really uh, it's it's quite commoditized you know people just want the 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 sort of smallest smallest price and quickest delivery and they don't really care about the craft um which you know for for video guys i think is you know if if you're if you're someone that really cares about the craft of video and you care about cinematography and you care about production and all that sort of stuff um you know having having a client just tell you that to make the most awful thing imaginable must be really heartbreaking um so uh yeah but i i'm i'm really really fascinated by your uh your approach to podcasting and i'm really excited to see uh to see where it takes you because it's it's not something that many people are doing you know you can you can throw a stone and hit a million video agencies um but podcasting is uh it's it's you know not not a lot of businesses are thinking about podcasting like you know some are starting to but not in the way that they think about video everyone's done a video uh whether it was shot on a iphone or you know something a a bit more substantial everyone's had a crack at it and uploaded something to facebook or instagram or whatever but podcasting is uh yeah i think there's a massive opportunity there yeah definitely and i'll i'll just jump back to what you were saying about video taking a dive and i think there's two two reasons because i've also seen that seen that as a as a sort of trend it, it's not as popular and in demand as it it was especially a few years ago um the barrier to entry to make really good videos mm. is so so low now mm. in, in terms of investment and how to do it 
every young person, every young marketer knows how to make videos. They've grown up with YouTube. They've grown up with these tools on their phones to be able to make videos. Yeah. They all want to want to be the next YouTube star, so they learn how to use video editing software and yeah. learn, learn a little bit more about cameras. And then the type of cameras that can get you really, really high quality good looking video you start at like 500 pound mm. and if you want a production ready set or production level videos produced the gear will cost you two and a half grand max mm-hmm. you, you can get so that that's the sort of level when you've got brands who are spending um five grand ten grand plus on on uh Paid channels, for instance, or their 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 marketing software. If they think, oh, I can do videos for myself and just put down two and a half grand, um, it's a big time investment. But the barrier to entry is much much lower than it ever has been. Then the other thing is gone. Uh, no, I, I was just I, I find that um, I think you're right, but it it also the barrier to entry for everything is lower than it used to be as well not just video true. um true. you know like i i've i've worked in companies where we've had you know six seven page websites built and those websites cost 30 to 40k um you know and and as someone who started out as a as a web designer and developer building websites for 500 quid um you know like <laughs> 30 to 40k is is pretty huge for for that sort of website and and businesses will still spend extortionate amounts of money on um on web on you know on advertising like on on print um on uh you know on content uh they'll they'll spend tons and tons of money on that sort of stuff on social media you know people spend four five six ten grand a month on on having an agency to to run their social media when it comes to video for some reason I don't know. There just there just really seems to be uh, maybe it's whether it's you know the the, the friends that I work with that, that it's just a, a quality of lead, you know they're not sort of marketing in the right places. But the the they get volume, but you know not not much in the way of quality, and people don't want to spend any money on it. Whereas they'll happily spunk you know thirty or forty grand on anything else. Yeah, you're right. Um, I also think there's a little bit of saturation at the moment mm. with video. Um, you go onto LinkedIn and all you see is videos, some good, some horrendous. Um, you, you see social media, uh, Twitter, you'll scroll through, there's loads of video. And to be able to do video right or video marketing right, just look at Wistia and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're investing a lot into it um, and people think they can as you say that they're not applying their budget to it uh, i think i think there's a there's accumulation of things on why video isn't as hot as it used to be mm-hmm. and i think there's a huge huge opportunity with podcasting and i've just shot a couple of videos on this actually um about why i think podcasting is such a good marketing channel um and everyone's starting a podcast now there are there are a lot out there we should start um, a podcast yeah i think we should <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there's, it's not as saturated as you think. And I, I cite this stat a lot because there's 700,000 podcasts out there. Um, I reckon only about 300,000 of those have over five episodes. Mm -hmm. Then there's like 30 million YouTube channels out there. Yeah. 
yeah, you wouldn't hesitate to make a YouTube channel, but you would start a podcast because you think that's saturated. Mm. It's not. It's not. Especially a good quality podcast. Then the other thing is, it is the barrier to entry to learn about how to produce and distribute a good podcast. It is, it is still quite high at the moment to understand. Yeah, this this isn't a this is a completely owned platform. Think blogging ten years ago. That's mm. what podcasting is because it's hosted on an RSS feed, and you have to set up your hosting. You have to in order to get it found, you have to use your own channels to distribute. You have to use the networks of your guests and the other people you get on. The format has to be good. There's no point doing a remote co- podcast with bad audio that doesn't also have a good story to it or is good, valuable content. But when you can nail it, it is completely different to any of those other marketing channels. Yeah. Because it's a passive medium. Um, I I listen to four hours of podcasts a day. Mm. Um, uh, they, that means four hours where a company could potentially be spreading their message to me. Yeah. And if you can get a podcast that hits the nail on the head that people really enjoy and they engage with, then you, you're going to have a lot of their time. Yeah, I, I, I agree not... 100%. And, and, and like yeah. you've, um, you know, you've, you've really hit the nail on the head there in regards to the, the amount of time it takes to consume podcasts. Like, do I have four hours a day to watch YouTube videos? No, of course not. Do I have four exactly. hours a day to consume a podcast or to consume podcasts? Uh, actually, yeah, I probably do. Like, you know, I walk the dog for an hour. Uh, you know, I might walk to the gym and, you know, do an hour at the gym and then walk home. That's an hour and a half. Like, there's two and a half hours already. Um, if you're in the car, like, there's it's a perfect format and it's really, really starting to... Um, to, to take off I think more it, it's not just nerds listening to podcasts anymore you know a hundred percent all of those things so true um so that that's where my mind's at that's what I am sort of thinking is going to be my main focus for for the next few months but I've always struggled with this is getting new clients and clients that will pay you the amount you want to mm-hmm. how um how have you generally got new clients? Uh, luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Helpful. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'll put that on the list. <laughs> how have I, how have I, I've got a little rabbit's foot and I rub it every morning before I start work. Uh, <laughs> so, how do I get clients? I'm, I'm like you. I, I, I don't. I'm not particularly good uh, at, at, at kind of you know self promotion and and that's not not particularly good is is not the 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 right phrase uh just you know don't don't really do it you know i'm um uh i'm not a particularly good self promoter um so uh as far as my my work goes it's been mostly through people i've worked with previously which is good uh which i mean is is one of the most reliable channels anyway um and uh and through partnerships really like i i you know i work in sales and marketing technology um you know uh, so i i am a partner or an uh, an affiliate more more a partner with a lot of marketing technology companies you're playing um, this down hey you're playing this down you're a, a you're a you're a hubspot platinum partner <laughs> yeah no, that's that 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 is true um yeah, so uh, uh, that's that's not not easy to get to. Like, how how have you how have you started to 
to get to that point where you are because uh, do you get many leads through that surely you must do as mm. a platinum partner you've got the help of um the help of the guys at hubspot to who are actively like suggesting leads to you yeah Is that... yeah yeah so um i mean i think this has been a help um my my business you know really quickly because we've like we've talked about it on on other shows before so, mm. so people are probably probably across it um i i, I run a a, a a sales and marketing technology consultancy uh, i've got a background in all areas of uh, of of sort of digital marketing i started out thinking i wanted to be a web developer and designer um and it turns out i didn't but you know i can i can write code and i can build you know custom wordpress themes and i can you know i can do all that kind of stuff when i moved um i used to freelance when i lived in australia when i moved over here uh, I, I started getting into marketing um more than just sort of you know delivery of a particular you know website or whatever um and and I found that the area that I really really enjoyed was the marketing technology, um, and and subsequently sort of you know got involved working with HubSpot, uh, and when I left my my sort of full time role a couple of years ago, um, my my sort of objective was to work on predominantly marketing technology projects, uh, and eventually became a HubSpot partner uh, about uh, 14, 14, 15 months ago now, April April last year I think it was. Um, and uh, and so I work predominantly on HubSpot projects now, um, and that's kind of my niche, I guess. I don't really niche in a particular industry. I just niche in HubSpot, um, and and in HubSpot uh, from a technology perspective, rather than from a um, kind of content perspective. You know, a lot of a lot of HubSpot agencies uh, tend to be content slash marketing agencies. Who have adopted the technology? Um, I think where where my company is unique uh, is that it's it's a it's purely a technical consultancy. Obviously, I can advise on marketing strategy uh, and and those kind of areas because I've got a ton of experience in it. But the differentiator is I can do technical stuff, which is it's actually I found that I end up working with a lot of other HubSpot partners because they know how to do the content, but they don't necessarily know how to do the um, the delivery and the technology. Um, so I've completely forgotten what the question was. Uh, <laughs> it, it, we, we, well, we were talking about um, finding new clients. Oh, finding because... leads. Okay, yeah, cool. So yeah. Uh, so a lot of my work has come from people that I've worked with in the past. You know, whether that's uh, I've got some, you know, agencies that I hired when I was working client side that have then got in contact with me and said, hey, can you come and help us with, with some stuff? Um, and also HubSpot have been really great at actually referring uh, referring projects over as well because if, if someone comes in uh, that that to them that needs a particular piece of technical advice or, or help with a, a technical project um, you know I'm, I'm one of the few agencies that actually does the technical stuff well yeah well I think that's I think that's the important thing for you and that's where you stand out and people come to you for the technical hubspot work and I'm just sort of trying to get my thought process out around how I'm going to get new clients for Strico Mm. Um, because all my client work in the past has come from referrals as well but it's been in strange things it's not always been video I'll do Mm. a website for someone and I'll do a bit of design for someone and because it's not my my full-time thing and I'm not too fussed about 
revenue it's got at the moment i'm i'm not actively searching for clients i'm not actively marketing myself as um as the podcast guy or as the video guy i'm just sort of if i get work i get work Mm -hmm. and i think what i really need to start doing is actually putting myself out there and trying to get work using outbound um doing my own marketing using linkedin and blogging and content um because where i'm at at the moment I don't feel I've got a big enough network to be able to rely on that to get referrals. I've got no partners I'm working with. So I'm just I'm just trying to think of the best way for me or the most efficient way for me to get clients. In the past I've I've sent a few cold emails um like relationship building cold emails. I don't believe in hi, I'm James, I run an agency, do you need this work? Because the answer's always going to be no, almost mm. always going to be no. I'm well, very much... You'd, you'd be surprised, I think. It's, it's not something that I'm a big fan of, um, but it has worked on me in the past. Um, but you have to... You have to... Um, you have to do your research. You know, you really have to go after um, clients that you know are a good, that you know for a fact are a good fit. Uh, and it doesn't always work, but... You know, I've I've worked in companies where we've had cold emails and then gone on to you know to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds with a with a particular agency that we would never have heard of if if we hadn't um, uh, you know if we hadn't had that cold email. Yeah, I, I I just need people to to know me, to know what I do. Sorry, to know what my agency does, mm. um, and for for them to come to me and to be top of mind. And I, I've I've done a few cold emails before and they've worked i've built relationships with people the marketing mashup podcast i have Mm -hmm. that's also been amazing for building relationships and networking with people um and i i I do it all through streaker so it it is almost a content marketing play for me yeah so I think sort of the the most efficient way for me to get new leads and to meet new people and to get new clients is cold emails and reaching out to people that I think are going to be your clients. Yeah, just just starting to build the name as well. Like, and I think you're I think you're really good at that. Like, I I know you uh, you engage with a lot of people on on particularly LinkedIn and and Twitter. You know, you I'm, I'm constantly seeing you having conversations with people, and that's mm. that's really good. Like, it's it's just I think. You know, we, we talk about all these kind of new, you know, uh, fandangled techniques for digital marketing and all that kind of stuff. And, and they do work. But ultimately, you know, the, the, the kind of old, old school, you know, being a decent person and, and growing the network and, and, you know, helping people out, that genuine, genuinely adding value, uh, you know, still still is, is kind of worth uh, a million times more than a, a blog post. Yeah, you're right. Um, I I still want to be making content. hundred oh, percent. Because because there there is still value for inbound leads and getting people to contact you when they search for. Absolutely. Have you done like any optimization for your content or your website to get inbound leads? Do you get uh, many inbound leads? No, not really. And, and again, I'm I'm just like I'm I'm not particularly good at it. Um, which I mean, you know, I can I can write content. I I don't have any issues with that whatsoever. I'm just, uh, you know, I think one of the one of the advantages of being smaller, I guess, from a, from a business perspective, is you actually don't need that much. It's I, I don't want to say it's easy because it's not easy. Like it's really hard work. 
but it's not super super hard to find enough work to you know kind of keep yourself afloat um yeah so that that tends to be you know i i I can you know two or three projects a month sorry two or three projects a quarter and and i'm kind of good really yeah i mean i I love I love the idea of just not having to actively go out and mm. and seek people out and get in inbound traffic all the time. That um, I I, I kind of still believe in content marketing and how it works. I'm just sort of looking at my uh, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at my analytics at the moment. The majority of my referrals come in from my theme. From so your theme. The, the the theme I use on my website. Yeah. Because you know when when you're looking for a WordPress theme and you go onto their website and they go other websites that use this yeah, theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like on the feature page nice. of other websites that use this theme. <laughs> so so yeah, from fuel themes, I've got um, half of my referral traffic. Right. But then the 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 others come in from from my blogs, and I'm I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just I like the idea of building out enough content so um to supplement my my cold outreach i'm also getting a good amount of people contacting me um contacting me about about podcasting and and the work i do and i also you won't be able to see this on the podcast but i've written out a plan here for you won't even be able to see this no for uh ads for testing out some ads nice because I don't know how well it will work, but there, there's no problem in trying, although there's no harm in trying and putting a hundred quid or so into testing how ads work on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. There's a guy called Rupert who runs Perspective Pictures. They're 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 a video video agency, and he he's always bloody finding me on these ads. And now they're they're in my mind. I just remember them. Yeah. And I I'd be interested to see if i can make a formula and add a landing page a conversion point that if i put a certain amount of money in i'll get let's say let's say 50 leads um and then i'll convert five of those um with, with an average deal size of a grand mm-hmm. and then just i can ramp that up to the point where i keep putting money in i keep getting these leads in i keep getting this amount of clients yeah. Um, because that that's sort of a completely automated way to get new leads. I have no idea whether it will work or not. Having used paid social before, I'm very aware that it's a very tricky way to to get any sort of sort of good leads. But I'm I'm intrigued to try it. What do you think about that? To be honest, it's not really something that I've done a lot of. Um, you know, I never really got into to PPC and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think it's um, I think you have to be more uh what's what's the term like long long tail i guess is the is the google term of of going after like a really defined market rather than being quite broad i think you you really need to uh to nail your audience um you know and, and be very specific on on what kind of businesses you're targeting um you know there's no point targeting a business that that has no marketing budget um you know cuz they they're going to you know, obviously barely have money for, for social media, let alone podcasting. Um, so you really have to define who, who you know, who, what kind of market you think would benefit from your services, find people who've actually got the budget uh, and, and, and go after them. 
Definitely. A, a, a big challenge, Chris. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I've broken it down on, on the landing page. I, I'm, I'm trying to like filter people. So I've got three call to actions on it. Well, that I'm going to try and do. There's one, which is I want to start now, which will take you to a form where you fill out like what actual services do you want strategy doing production? Do you want the whole shebang done? Um, and that sort of self-service thing. Then there's another um, call to action, which is how much do it co- does it cost? Because people are thinking, well, I'm not going to go ahead without knowing how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Then there's another CTA, which are, is more of a catch-all, which is I'm just intrigued. Um, and for that, I want people to like book a call, send me an email, send me a tweet, um, listen to the marketing mashup, just something where I can talk to them about podcasting and sort of see where they're... they're their frame is because i think that'll be just as valuable yeah. as getting a new client in and hopefully with with those three things i'll be able to capture a lot more people um that that go into the ad yeah um, absolutely i'd be really interested to you know if we come back in a couple of weeks um i'll be really interested to hear hear how it's gone oh yeah well, I'll, I'll tell you what then in in the next two weeks that's going to be something i'm going to think about or or try to do is build this landing page that i've just spoken about um build the ads i'm going to make it as simple as possible uh 15 30 second ad and put i don't know 100 200 quid behind it and see if it has any take up and i think that'll be a good learning experience for me sort of sort of see how it works yeah Um, nice then at the same time, I need I need to be doing some more cold outreach. I need to be. I know I do. Yeah. I've done it before, and I've got responses. Uh, I, I think uh, I was targeting specifically estate agents in my area for mm-hmm. video, and I reached out to like ten, got four responses, and I was really happy with that. I, d- I didn't close any, but <laughs> but, yeah, I, but I I only sent ten emails. <laughs> four responses is is actually a forty percent response rate is is actually pretty decent. It's outrageous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's that's definitely what I'm going to do over the next few weeks, um, and w- where I'm going. I I, th- I think <laughs> you're you're quite happy with with the clients you have at the moment, the work you're doing at the moment. What work are you doing at the moment? What have you got on? Uh, most of the work that I do tends to be around um, HubSpot implementations. So so kind of new you know new customers. Um, you know that have come to HubSpot or come to me uh, and are looking to to do a technical implementation of the the product um, or the the platform, I guess. So that that tends to be the kind of work that I work on uh, is is doing that initial. Okay, how do we how do we scope out this project? What what kind of existing technology tools have you got that we need to migrate into into HubSpot? Uh, what kind of what what's the situation with your data? How do we get that in there? Uh, you know, all all that that kind of good stuff. And then I do some uh, some support and stuff like that as well. So people who were using HubSpot uh, and and kind of handling all the marketing strategy, but need support with the operations, whether that's building our emails, building workflows. Um, and sometimes it's just like, you know, little consulting or not little, but consulting projects that are like, hey, I, I, I have this particular challenge. I need to build a system, you know, whether it's a workflow or a series of landing pages, a campaign or whatever that achieves X outcome. How do we do it? So that tends so to be the kind of stuff that I work on. Yeah. And you're quite happy with work at the moment. You're not like actively searching out more staff, or are you just sort of. Well, see, this is the challenge, isn't it? So I'm I'm 
quite busy at the moment. Um, but <laughs> it's that thing of if, if you do stop, like, and I think that's one of the classic early agency uh, tropes is you get the work in, you run, 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 run to deliver it. And then you get to the end of the project and you go, okay, now what? You know, because you've, mm. you've used, uh, you know, a, 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 a guy I used to work with back in Australia that ran an agency used to, and it's a, it's a classic joke, but he used to joke all the time. Um, you know, I, I love being an agency owner uh, because it gives me the freedom to choose which 16 hours of the day I work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is that thing, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll work and you'll work on your work to actually deliver the project and you neglect the lead gen side of the business. Um you know, and, and your own sales and marketing. So if nothing comes through, you get to the end of that project. It's like, oh, okay, now I have to run and find something else. And then the whole cycle starts again. Um, so that's, you know, that that's kind of where I'm at at the moment is actually there is work coming in, but it, that needs to be, uh, you know, more systemized and, and kind of, you know, build build out a process so that it's, it's happening, not automatically, because I don't necessarily believe that, uh, you know, it, it all just happens without any any effort or any grunt work. But uh, yeah, getting getting it in place so so stuff's still happening when uh, when the work is going on is 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 really key. Well, yeah, well, I, I think you can. It, it's automating as much as you can, mm. and it automating to ex, to an extent where you are getting that new business in, which is sort of my thought about thoughts about this um, about this advertising test to see if I can get sort of a trickle of leads coming in and the, the other thing i was thinking about just then is your work isn't you, you, it's not really the type of work that you can do retainers for um or is it uh it, it depends really so I, I i do consulting projects that tend to be like you know three or four months um or sometimes bigger projects that go on for you know if there's a really big kind of enterprise implementation of hubspot um then I'll I'll do you know sort of six month kind of projects, um, but yeah there there is like as, as far as like support goes and this is kind of one of the ideas part of the the inspiration for the business uh, like it is with a lot of people was actually the the company that I used to work for, they were a Hub, HubSpot enterprise customer, um, they like we could handle the the marketing strategy and stuff no problem at all, um, but often we weren't sort of creating content doing all that kind of stuff it wasn't really that kind of business but there was like 20 or 30 emails that got sent out a week to different you know different uh segments lists you know it wasn't 20 30 emails going out to the same audience every week they were going out to different people they, they did a lot of comms by email so i think there's that that for me there is a you know most most content hubspot agencies try to work to retainers um you know where you get three blog posts a month and social media posts and a content offer or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but for, for me, there, there is, there is some clients who do work on, on a retainer where it's like, okay, well you need, you know, this many emails and this many workflows built. So, and this just needs to happen every month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think with, with podcasting and what I'm quite pleased about with it is the majority of of the new contacts, new new customers are going to be retainer customers. Mm. Um, I'm more than happy to set up sort of one-off episodes um, that 
there's another company called Podcast Mojo that do this really well is you can get one episode for them or you can get a series of episodes and for me if I'm if I'm getting people that are just starting out with their podcast I I know that for it to work they they'll need to do 20 30 40 50 episodes yeah um, and I, I can do a I can start it out I can do your first five episodes for a set fee but after that it's going to have to be a retainer yeah um and that's where I can start to scale it um when i've got that yearly retainer to do to do your 50 episodes um and then i can start outsourcing it and building it that way taking the cut and i, I think podcast is a really 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 good way to do it so i'm quite yeah. excited about trying to get my first few clients in absolutely awesome is there anything right, else mate, you well, wanted to talk about before we before you wrap up I was going to say we we, we chatted quite a lot and we've covered a lot of ground. Um, and in the next couple of weeks we'll catch up again and yeah. talk about a few more things. Awesome. Uh, Have you enjoyed your first uh, your first therapy session, as you called it? <laughs> <laughs> I've I've thoroughly enjoyed my 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 first therapy session. Lovely. It's, it's good. I, I appreciate your your thoughts. I've actually just got a notification for my 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 other podcast that's gone out. It's been released three minutes ago. Uh, I got that just before we started recording, so you you must be a bit uh, a bit behind on me. On my own podcast, that's yeah, bad, isn't it? yeah. No, I got that uh, about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> All right then. Well, Chris, thank you for joining me. And Thanks, buddy. It was great to we'll, chat. We'll speak definitely. Talk to you soon.